Did you turn it on? Don't want to reach back there and turn it off. All right, did you find Luke chapter 16? You might have a title if you've got a NIV, you might have a title something along the lines of the parable of the shrewd manager. I don't know about you, but I find this to be a, a little bit um, different story and uh, the application of it I find a little bit challenging. A lot of people turn to this passage of scripture when they uh, talk about uh, finances and money, but uh, that's not going to be our main focus. We might talk a little bit about that, but that will not be our main focus. David, can I get you to do a favor? I got a green hoe in the back of my truck. Can I get you to get that green hoe for me? All right, thank you. All right, Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do when I lose my job here. People will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of the master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 450. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. Interesting, the first guy reduced by 50%, the next guy 20%. Not sure the math the guy's working on, but hey, the master, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are all the people. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. I need that out here in these rocks. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. Brothers and sisters, we should be people of the light, right? I tell you, this is Jesus speaking to us, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. This is where we're really going to start our focus now. I wanted to read you the background, but this is where we're going to really dive in and focus on this passage. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest honest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who, and this is going to be our title today, who will trust you with true riches? All right. Let's just focus on that and ask that, the God, that God give us wisdom associated with the reading 
and proclamation of his word. Now, let's start with verse 9. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Let's start with that passage of scripture. I don't know about you, but I look at that and say, what? <laughs> I thought those were the kind of friends we didn't want. Right, Jenny? Who wants friends that you pay for? Anybody want those kind of friends? You know, I think I have a, a fairly good, Kenny's not here today, he, he loves lawyers. I think I have a fairly good working relationship with, with our attorney. But he bills out at $500 an hour. Right? I mean, now, when, when we go to lunch and we talk business at lunch, he often says, he says, um, he says you want to buy lunch or you want to pay for the hour? <laughs> the answer to that is always very easy, right? I buy lunch. Right? And so he, he lets me buy lunch. We continue to talk business. We leave his office. We go down and we have a nice meal. Then we walk back to his office. And, uh, and we're generally talking. We talk a little bit of fun, family, and that kind of stuff. But, but he doesn't bill me. At least I don't think he bills me for the hour of lunch. But seriously, who wants friends that you have to pay for? Remember the prodigal son when he went off and squandered his, his father's fortune? And how long did he have those kind of friends that we're talking about there? Those friends that the prodigal son had only lasted as long as, Jonathan, the money lasted. And when the money was gone, those friends were gone. I do not believe that that's what this passage of Scripture is talking about, even though it kind of sounds like it. Okay? Let me tell you what I think this is talking about. Jesus said that the, the manager was very shrewd in dealing with his resources. I believe what it's talking about is how we use the resources that God has given us in order to influence people for the kingdom. Is it possible to use the resources that God has given us to influence people for the kingdom? Is that possible? You know, we, we recently um, built some widow houses in Africa. The odds are that none of us will ever in this life meet those widows. Do you think that there is a remote possibility, Carol, that when we get to heaven, one of those widows will come up to you, and I have no idea whether you gave or not gave. I'm, I just don't know. But one of those widows would come up to you and say, thank you. Thank you for providing me a little bit of security in this life. Or you help somebody out that's, that's, that's in a bad way. I, I stopped recently, and an individual was, he was on 3E, uphill, broke down, and elderly. And I stopped to try and help him out. David, I'm sorry to say, there was nothing I could do <laughs> to fix his car. And I took my tow rope out of my truck and put it in my Polaris after it broke down last time. <laughs> so I couldn't even, and, and I was too old and he was too old to push it uphill and off the road. But he had already called AAA and he had already called his daughter. And so I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just going to have to leave you here. And I, 
Didn't that make me feel terrible that I wasn't able to help that person? Listen, those people that we in this life help out and encourage and encourage them towards the kingdom, maybe we're the person that hands them the track that leads them to Christ. Maybe we're the grandma or grandpa that buy them a Bible for graduation and they read that Bible and God, through his spirit, as only God can do, brings them into a personal relationship with him through his son in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you spent 50 bucks or 100 bucks on a Bible and took 30 minutes of your time and put a nice little thing in the fly leaf of the Bible. That, I believe, is what this passage is talking about. Using the resources that God has given you in such a way that when we get to heaven, people say thank you. Several years ago, there was a really popular, Jenny, you'll probably remember this song, a really popular song entitled Thank You. Remember that one? Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Anybody, Joe, George, anybody remember that one? Okay, a couple of you remember that one. Okay, it was a really popular song if you listen to Christian radio back then. Thank you. And the whole premise of the song is, look, you did things in this life that influenced people for eternity. You can never die for their sins. Amen? That has already been done. Jesus died for their sins. You cannot die for their sins. But you can help them and encourage them. And, and the text says, when it is all gone, when is your earthly wealth all gone? I promise you, the second you take your last breath, you no longer have possession of anything in this life. Right? Now, what resources do we have? We have a lot of resources that we deal with. I've been trying to think of the things that I would list as resources that pretty much everybody has. First of all, we have life. We don't know how much of it we have, but we have a certain amount of it. Time. Okay? Time. We're all given a certain amount of time. We don't know how much time that is, but how will we invest our time in other people's lives in order to see that, that their life in heaven is improved? We have a body. A body. How many of you are good stewards of your body? Anybody? That's one that I kind of go, eh. Some of us has, have financial resources that we're responsible for managing. Many people have talents. John, I listened to your granddaughter, Abby, play the piano. She's not just good. She's talented. Would you agree with that? Would Grandpa say that my daughter is a talented piano? If you have ever heard Abby play the piano, and she's played at our church, Abby is talented. And we come into this life, and we have talents. Certain people have the talent to put a seed in the ground and to make it grow. My dad said, if you can put a seed in the ground and make it grow, he said, you'll always have a job. There are a lot of people that have a lot of different talents. But see, the world has all those, right? The world has all those. Jesus says, and this is a principle. The next text, verse 10 says, If you are faithful with little, 
You will be faithful with much. How many of you believe that principle? I believe that principle with all of my heart. In fact, I base almost my entire instructional practices on that principle. This is not mine. I am a steward of this particular tool. In fact, it says property of Yuma Union High School District, CTE steady. So if you pay taxes, uh, you helped pay for this $50 hose. Now, my students think that I'm trying to teach them how to hoe. I'm not trying to teach them how to hoe. Although, John, it's not a bad habit to learn. What am I trying to do when I hand a student a hoe? Will you do what I ask you to do for one hour without complaining? How many out of 100 students can do that? Take this tool right here. This is one of the simplest tools on the farm. It it's a, this is a fiberglass pole. It has a rubber handle. These are made out of disc blades. Super, super strong. They can be resharpened. Uh, I can hoe weeds with one hand. See how much time I've spent with this thing? My students don't know this, but every time I put this hoe in their hand, it's a test, right? Because number one, this is a fairly safe thing, although you could kill somebody with this. This is a fairly safe thing of all the things that we use. This is a fairly safe thing to handle. If I cannot trust you with this, how will I ever trust you with a TIG welder? Right? How, how will I ever trust you with oxygen and acetylene inside of a building. If I can't trust you with this, can I trust you with a potential bomb? It's a test. Life is a test. And how we use our resources has some influence over what God will do for us in the future. I do not believe that it affects our salvation but it certainly can affect our rewards. He who is faithful with little will be put in charge of much. This principle that if you are faithful with a few things, that you can be trusted with more. Isn't that true in so many areas of life? I, I had a, a nephew one time, and he loved to come out to the farm, and he loved sitting in those tractors just like my my grandson does now, comes out, loves to sit in those tractors, ride in that buddy seat, and my grandson will sit in that buddy seat for hours. My wife and daughter think that's the best babysitter on the farm, putting that grandson in that, in that buddy seat. And he'll sit there for hours. And my, my nephew one time, he, came, he got to the point where he was ready to come out to the farm and work, and what do I hand him? Not this particular one, but I handed him a, an instrument with a wooden handle. My nephew said, I'm allergic to wood. <laughs> I'm allergic to wood. Look, if I can't trust you with a shovel, a hoe, and a rake, how will I ever trust you with a $300,000 tractor? See, 
the reality is that mo many young people, they want to come in to a, an operation and they want the most important job right now. They want to be president in the company right now. They want to be an elder in the church right now. Those people don't know what they're doing. I could do better. You've never heard a young person say that, have you? See, that principle works. You're faithful with a little bit. I started teaching fifth graders with my wife and, and an individual, an older individual who was at the time battling cancer, but he still had enough energy to help train us. And we started teaching uh, just with fifth graders. And then when we came to another church, then we were able to be leaders in areas. I chose adults, Chris chose youth, and she became a youth leader, and I became an adult leader, and then deacon, then elder, then pastor. For me, as I was faithful in those other things, God gave me more responsibility. It works that way in companies. It works that way in faith. The principle works. If you're faithful with little, you can be trusted with more. David, do you agree with that? I remember the first time I got in a baler. I wasn't ready to get in a baler. Clyde, I put it in road gear. How long before that baler was plugged up? <laughs> road gear. I, I had, it took me hours to unplug that baler, hours to unplug it. Now, what else can we learn from this text of scripture? I see several things that we can learn. I have a silk ribbon marking my page. Let's look at verse 11. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Let me ask you to think for just a minute. We talked about the things that everybody has, time, resources, talent, a body. Saved or unsaved, we have those things. What are true riches? True riches. We looked at last or we heard last week that the streets in heaven are gold. The gates are made of a single pearl. There are jewels and beautiful things and plants and water better than any quality of water you've ever seen in this life, right? There are all of those things. There, there is the presence of God. What represents true riches? If there is truly a contrast between earthly wealth and true riches, do we even know what true riches look like? The riches of Christ, co-heirs with Christ. What does it mean to, to have, to be in position to inherit, to co-inherit the wealth of Christ? Well, I've been around enough to know that there are at least three things in this life that at least touch on true riches. 
Any of you ever watch grandchildren and they're in your bedroom and you don't sleep very well? Anybody? That happened to anybody ever? Uh, Chris and I didn't sleep very well last night because our grandson was in the bedroom with us. He's in a cot and, uh, and the Doberman, the biggest dog in the house, sleeps on the cot with our grandson. And the, our grandson is Levi and, and, uh, and the, the big Doberman's name is Apollo. And how these two have the relationship that they have I can't answer it. It's a kind of a weird relationship, pretty special between this boy and this dog. It's not even our dog. It's my, it's his aunt's dog, aunt and uncle's dog that lives in our house. And in the middle of the night, I think at about 11, also at midnight, also sometime between 1 and 2, this tiny little voice in a squeaky tone that I've tried to teach him not to use, Grammy, Grammy, yes, Levi, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> Chris is like, what do you want now? <laughs> yes, Levi, Apollo and I don't like it down here. <laughs> Finally, sometime, I don't know, sometime after 3 o'clock, Grammy Got him to sleep, and when I was rushing around the house, the whole time I was rushing around the house, eating breakfast, taking a shower, getting dressed, there laid my grandson uh, asleep on the cot. Don't they look precious when they're sleeping? Right? They're so precious when they're sleeping. Listen, there are two things that I know for certain that go from this life to the next life. One thing is people, and the other one is the Word of God. Those are the two things that I know for absolute certain that go from here to there. And so if you are investing in those things, God's Word and people, it's a good start. I personally think that there's one other thing that is super important. It's our entry point into true riches. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. A deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. How many of you think that that's an investment of God in you having true riches? And we are to be different than those people in the world. We are not to, to rule by the world standards. We are to be led by that spirit, directed by that spirit, and invest our talent and time and resources. And we get something else when the spirit comes into our life. We get spiritual gifts. And we are to take those spiritual gifts and use them for the advancement in the kingdom of God. And I don't know about you, but I'm surprised that Jesus commends the shrewd manager in the story. But what he says is, look, the people of this world, they know how to do it. They know how to manipulate their money and resources in order to get potential relationships that will benefit them in the future. People of God, 
take all the resources that God has given you, those that are worldly and those that are eternal, invest those together so that you get the maximum return on your investment. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where thieves and moths and rust destroy, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where thieves and rust and moth cannot destroy. I call it the first bank of heaven. Are you making deposits in the first bank of heaven? The president and CEO of that bank is none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray to him today. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Father, help us to use the resources that you have given us in ways that will bring honor and glory. Father, we know that we cannot die for anyone. Jesus already did that. But Father, we can use the resources that we have to bless people in this life so that when we get to glory, we can enjoy glory together and we can have relationships with those people that in some cases in this life we do not even know because our resources influence them for eternal good. Father, help us to be wise managers of what you have given us. Help us to be faithful with everything that you've given us. And may our lives, may our families, may our businesses, may our retirements bring you honor and glory. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. I'm going to invite you to take out your communion cups. I will get mine. Clyde, can I get you to come up here, please?